still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, plenty of work for Bath to do over the summer and now plenty of work for me to do on the new intro which you have just heard. How are you? Very good, mate. Well, you'll be able to you'll be able to add back the the titanium shoulders and Dave Atwood clip, so that'll 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 fill one of them. But yeah, Rocco Daguni and and Anthony Watson. Look forward to. Uh, you've only got about what three months of off season to to sort that out. So uh, the race is on. I think that, that that might be quite tight knowing your knowing your tech skills. <laughs> yeah, the race certainly is on, and and I'll throw it to the listeners immediately. If you do have any suggestions for what you want in the intro song what you think works well in the intro song maybe pick some players that you think are going to stick around for a while then please do get in touch with us at bathrugbyplug or bathrugbyplug at gmail.com and if you can cut it into a lovely format i can just slide into garage band that would be much appreciated as well i thought i thought you were going to ask someone to do it mate to be honest <laughs> wow yeah. we must we must we must have a tech savvy listeners one of the 25 list regular listeners that we get on this podcast there must be uh must be someone out there in that group that can is there anybody can, out there yeah no please do get in touch with with any skills or suggestions for the intro obviously with the news breaking this week that, that both rocker de and anthony watson would be leaving bath rugby plenty to get to tom quite a long time between drinks here with the podcast with all the european rugby that has been going on bath obviously not featuring too heavily in that so loads and loads to get to all of that news england call-ups um, but a win a win only our sixth win or fifth win of the season hmm. And we've got all to talk about against London Irish, Tom. Um, so, so let's get straight into in, in, into that. And what were your what were your thoughts on on the performance as a whole? And 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 happy to get to get a victory to lift us off the bottom of the table. Yeah, very happy to be off the bottom, off the bottom for the the second time this season in the in the in the Premiership. And I think yeah, it was uh, a win and fairly unexpected win, to be honest. I you know kind of London Irish as, as has been the case with some of our opponents over the last few weeks they had something to play for you know they could have secured their top eight um, finish in the table with this with this victory secured Champions Cup rugby for, for next season obviously from our point of view playing for nothing but but pride and to send off the guys that are the guys guys that are departing and I thought the London Irish is kind of free flowing keep the ball in play um, fast pace would be be quite a lot for our defence to deal with and certainly in the early part of the game, that seemed to be the case. And I thought this game could turn 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 pretty ugly. But turned it around in the second half. I thought some of the guys as we'll come onto off the bench added real impetus. Ben Obano back um as well. And and nice to see the scrum rolling forward and managed to find a way to to grind out a win, eke out that final penalty, and then and then some last stitch defense in the last few minutes and a, a great sweet send off for those at the wreck and some some uh, some some payback which has been few and far between this season for for the very loyal fans that once again filled out filled yeah. out the rectory 
Absolutely, Tom. I think that was going to be my point off the top. And neither of us were there on Saturday at the wreck. And, and we have, I think, done a decent effort this season of following the boys in blue, black and white. Uh, and that is the case for an awful lot of Bath fans. And to see the wreck absolutely packed again on Saturday, the sun-drenched wreck after the most recent performance being a 64-0 defeat to arguably your biggest rivals. It's just an absolute credit to to all of those supporters, all of those season ticket holders and rewarded with a win. And Bath have got an incredibly good record in last home games of the season, obviously beating Northampton Saints last season. And, and I don't have the stats hand, but it seems like we win almost every occasion. And those people that are in charge of, of, of season ticket sales must be uh, must be especially pleased with with that with that record because yeah it does keep you wanting to to come back and I thought that that was real a massive takeaway for me the the support that we've seen over the course of this season and the players do keep referring to it and I do think for in the, in the most part it is genuine that they are so I think shocked at, at the support they see because you turn into other games you turn into Worcester you tune into Newcastle you tune into you know Ashton Gate and you know, there's loads and loads of empty seats and, and to see the wreck packed again was 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 incredible and, and credit to those Bath fans that were there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even teams that are, that are winning, I mean, Wasps, we know the, the, their story and the, the, prop, the, the challenges they have being at the Rico, but it's just, we've, as we've said so many times, it's one of the things that you can hold on to as a Bath fan, no matter, no matter how bad it gets, is that, you know, it's a, it's a rugby city and uh, it's, there's, there's no better place. I was I was chatting with uh, a Saracens friend of mine. I mean, that, that sounds like an oxymoron in itself. But I was I was chatting to him over the weekend, and he was saying straight up that you know he'd been to Gloucester to watch the the game last week, and he was saying that straight up, you know, the wreck is the best away day of the season. It's 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 just like nothing else. Walking through the city and down into the wreck and seeing support, the sunshine. It's 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 really brilliant. And you mentioned good records in the last home game of the season. Indeed, we've got an incredibly good record mm. against London Irish at home. Do you know in the last time that, that London Irish won at the Reckon and Premiership, G? 2009. Spot on. Yeah, have you uh, <laughs> seen that one? No. So, yeah, 2009, 13, 13 seasons without a win at the Rec. And, um, we know, we've, we've broken many a stat this season of the, all the wrong stats at various points. So nice to hold on to that one for a bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. And just last last comment on the rec from me, Tom, is that if that's not a, a, an example, a picture of why to keep Bath in, in, in the centre of town, then I don't know what is because, yeah, you look at the Wasps sale game, which was played on Friday night in front of 30 people, I would estimate. In, in, in Coventry and that's a game with, with stuff on it and, and nobody's interested because it's in the middle of bloody nowhere so yeah credit to those fans and, and credit to Bath obviously on getting the win and, and, and the guys who, who are leaving who will come on to with a really nice send off Tom but, but as you said the start of the game was really quite ominous wasn't it London Irish scored two early tries and, and the game was was really open which, which didn't suit Bath Club captain Charlie Yules with a yellow card on five minutes for a you know a brainless off the ball hit, and yeah, an unstructured game from Bath, which really wasn't suiting them. And I thought it was really telling. Actually, I watched the game back this evening, and I, I believe it was Josh McNally who was on commentary. Yep, and he was 
openly saying that this is not going to suit Bath. They need to slow the pace down. You know, this this pace of game in these conditions is 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 not going to work. And you you just cannot be so one dimensional in that a player is kind of they all must know that if if he if he's if he's admitting that. And yes, you can base your game around power and set piece, etc., which they've tried to unsuccessfully clearly over the last couple of seasons. But I think especially later on in the season, you must be able to 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 go to you know go to these games and be able to stick in them when the, when the pace is quick. Yeah, well, the, the best teams are adaptable, but but the very best teams dictate the way the the game is played. And so so often this season, we've we've had that dictated to us. And there are there are there are there are ways there are ways there are ways you can there are ways you can you can slow down the game. You can slow down the ruck speed. You can kick tactically more. You can you can you can find touch more 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 regularly, and I think we 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 didn't do that. We we're gonna, we're gonna cut we're gonna cut in. Well, no, I was, just, I was just gonna say I think when it when the when when the conditions go like they are they were on Saturday at the wreck, I think it's very very difficult to slow that pace down, and I think you have to be able to to play that. You know, Bath tried to slow slow it down by kicking and by wandering, ambling up to the line out every single time. But but I think it's almost impossible when you've got a side London Irish who are so keen to play so expansively in conditions like those. And yeah, I, I think you absolutely have to be adaptable and we're we're definitely not that. Yeah, I think we um we kicked twice as much as London Irish during the game, which is which is which is probably no surprise. But the yeah, I do kind of don't have the, the stats to hand, but the in ball in in how would you say it? in play time would it be in ball play ball time in play. ball in play time that's the one yeah. I think that that felt fairly high particularly in particularly in in, in that first half and yeah it's it's interesting kind of hearing Josh McNally kind of make it, make excuses but I think it was so clear that that game was 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 kind of didn't suit our strengths particularly defensively and some of the kind of unstructured running out wide from London Irish was good. But you've got to say the the tackling, and they weren't even just system errors as we've seen a lot this season. The one up tackling for the first couple of tries was was just just shocking. It looked disinterested. It was it was way too high. It was there was no aggression. It was passive. And you know, guys, both guys that are leaving, I'm afraid. And I, I don't want to say a negative word really on them, but the the Rocket Dagoonie missed tackle when he, he got stepped inside by Loader. You can't be, be being beaten on the inside. For that that first try, you know, it's a good finish, but you, you oh, just can't be getting you just can't get you can't be getting beat there. And um and then Toby Falatau going way, way too high on on um what's the other track called? Was it Row on the other wing? Yeah. And just allowing a winger to shrug off a number eight again. Just just can't be getting away with that. And it, it could be it could it could have got a lot worse. You know, Nick Fitz dropped the ball. I think he was potentially have been been under the post. He was he was kind of they'd made a break and he was getting to the twenty-two. And yeah, there was another another opportunity that I can't, yeah I, I, I can't remember who it was, and they could have scored four tries in pretty quick succession there, and then suddenly the game would have been the game would have been gone. So um, yeah, very I thought very very poor kind of application and and at times effort in in defence early doors. I think that Vokadagiri that is brutal, mate. Like he's what a meter two meters out. Um, Ben Loder with really, really quick feet. Rocket Aguni's either got to try and stop him scoring on the outside and hope someone covering on the inside stops him. I I think that's hard. I don't think, 
Well, I don't know. When I watched it back, I didn't. I didn't think it was that close. I don't. I don't he wasn't. I didn't think he was going at full full lick as well. I'd. I'd. I'd like. I'd like. To, I'd like to see him do better there. And I think. I think other guys would have done. And I think the the road try. I think that's Mike Williams' fault personally. Falatel Falatel clearly is is trusting the player on the inside. He steps inside, and Williams is just unable to get him. He makes contact with the tackler. He um. You know. He's number eight on a winger. The, he gets two hands to him, put him away. Yeah, wow. Incredibly, Tom, we found ourselves leading, though, after... Well, I mean, can I just say on Charlie yours as well? Just get all this negativity out of my system, and then I'll be, I'll be, ba- I'll be, ba- I'll be back to my normal self, G. But the, the Charlie yours thing, again, just annoyed me a lot. But, you know, fifth minute. I know he's trying to make an impact, but he's, we've seen this so many times, him kind of flying about with, with no arms, with, like, body position high. He's obviously a very tall man. And he he just needs to he just needs to be better. It's a it's a it's a it's a coaching point. It's a technique point. He needs to be he needs to be lower. This is exactly what the rules are designed to prevent. And we've seen this lots of times from him. I think he's got two or three yellow or red cards this season. Obviously, one for for England in the Six Nations. And I was looking back last season. He had five sending offs, four yellow cards, and a red card last season. I think most of those would have been for, for, for similar um, similar offences in the tackle from what I can I can recall off the top of my head. So, yeah, it's, it's poor from him. You can't you can't be losing your club captain that regularly. And I think he looked pretty resigned and deflated, to be honest. It's obviously not been a happy time for him leading the team. And, um, you know, you, you do kind of wonder what, what next season holds for him. I do wonder. I think we would both anticipate that that he will know he won't remain as club captain. I think he'll probably remain at the club, but I think mm. a, a club captain is incoming under under Van Graan and, and maybe the best for for both parties. Tom Bath incredibly found themselves leading midway through that second half, having played almost none of the rugby and and to score two tries in two minutes to to lead fourteen ten just before the interval was. Quite a remarkable feat, to be honest with you, and and two lovely bits of of individual skill combined. I think with some pretty abject stuff from from London Irish, which I think was actually the theme of of the game. I thought London Irish really, really led us into this game. And firstly, the the Mike Williams try, his first for Bath Rugby, after a fantastic bit of skill from from Orlando Bailey, which released him under the posts. And the second one uh, uh, from the kickoff, Taulupe Falatau gathers it, shrugs off four or five half-assed tackles and then puts Ben Spencer under the posts as well. Tom, did you think that that was fantastic Bath play or, or were we allowed to, to do it by what seemed to be a, a tired London Irish performance? Well, it's always the case, isn't it? And if this was the London Irish plug, I don't know what they would, their, 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 their equivalent would be. Um, and I won't wrap my, my, wrap my brains for a pun because that's not, not, not good radio, but if this was a London Irish podcast, you'd be saying those first two tries were a great finish from their 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 wingers, and I'm I'm here moaning about the defence. So it's it's when it's your side, it's always good attack. When it's when you're conceding, it's always poor defence. I thought the reality is it's, it's you know it's usually a, a combination of both. I thought it was a lovely little uh, break, taking the ball to the line and short pass from Orlando Bailey. Toby Falatau, you know we've we've seen him do that lots of times, particularly in in different you know in colours that aren't blue black and white you've got to say the defense was was poor and he you know he just fairly easily shrugged off a couple of very half-assed tackles but 
equally, you know, he is he is he is a bit of a beast when he's rampaging in in a, in in, a, in open field like that. So um, let's call it yeah. play. That was dreadful from London Irish. That Spencer try to concede from if that had been Bath, I would have imploded. I'd have been so angry. The, to concede from the kickoff to kick it straight to a player, I think there was about five of them who just slipped off him. We, oh. We've done that before, you know. I, I, it's um, oh. he's clean. He's clean on easy man to bring down. But yeah, you. I think you watching that back, you'd be, you'd be a bit pissed off for your London Irish. One thing I will say though is, and Ben Spencer, I think uh, McNally made this point on on commentary. I think it's a good one. Ben Spencer again being the man there to run that inside support line. He's always there, isn't he? He's always there to take opportunities like that. And um, obviously he would have been stood kind of behind Falatau in that kind of line out in the, in the restart formation. But I love, I love it when Ben Spencer, <laughs> he makes those breaks and he runs the length of the pitch and he, he scores and he's really quick. And then for a couple of minutes after he is hands on the knees, sucking in the big ones, looking like he's just put absolutely everything into that and probably looking at the clock thinking, We've got another hour or so to go here. This is this is brutal, but he just yeah he he always empties the tank, doesn't he? And it's 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 great to see. What are you going to say for a couple of minutes after he, he celebrates on his own in front of the bath for the bath faithful? Because yeah, there was not many people keeping up with with Ben Spencer. Absolutely right, he was he was fabulous on the day. I think. And a, and a, and a good I thought a big celebration and a, in, in in front of the fans. You know, he's often a guy that keeps himself to himself a bit more. He also posted out on on social media to say how much how, how great the fans have been. Again, I've not really seen him him do that before. So maybe maybe he's starting to he's starting to look to the future and 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 see the green shoots that are coming to to, to Farley House or wherever we will be training. And maybe he's thinking, yeah, this is this is where my my future is. And oh, wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? Jeez. Being of, being of club captains, that might be an option from, from internal for sure and a big celebration from him. Certainly on full-time, Tom, just before half-time, however, London Irish deservedly went ahead through a, um, a um, what's the hooker called? Creevy. Yeah, yeah Creevy try. So that was, I think that was a fair reflection of the first half, 17-12. Actually, I don't think it's a fair reflection of, of, of the first half. I thought that they could easily and should easily have been have been further ahead, as you say, you know, a, a cock and a singer, try-saving tackle in the bottom left-hand corner in the first half and, and another one in, 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 the, in the opposite corner from Tom de Glanville just on the, uh, the start of the second half on Tom Loder. Really key moments in, in keeping us in the game, Tom, despite London Irish further pulling ahead in the second half to go 14-24 up on 50 minutes. From there, however, we did then score... 13 unanswered points in the last half an hour of a game, which which is so unbath-like for this season, Tom. What do you put that turnaround down to? And why is why was it different to, to the collapses that we've seen so often this season? Yeah, well, we've we've bemoaned so many times on this podcast, what was it, 120 minutes or more when we didn't when we didn't score a point, or sorry, we scored three points. I I, I think it was we've been we've been terrible and we've faded in that in, in that second half. Um, I think well the, the 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 try that we scored the the um, the Will Muir try so a, a very 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 impressive and almost ungainly but 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 very cool piece of skill from Max Clark who kind of as he was tackled if, if you've not if you've not seen the highlights then then go back and watch it he kind of just manages to to get a hoof to it as he's half falling um, lovely kick ahead and Will Muir showing unbelievable gas to to just 
you know, streak ahead and and, and get on the ball. And I, I wonder if Joe Thokonasiga, who I thought looked pretty slow and, and ponderous, to be honest, at parts during that game, I wonder if he would have had the pace to to to, to get there. But I think the in, in, in general, to answer, answer your question, I think there was a there was a really good impact off the bench from 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 some of the guys. So Tom Dunn and, and, and Beno Urbano in particular, I'd I'd call out so great to see Beno Urbano come back on after what's it been seven or eight months of of of, of rehab. So we had a front row back of of uh, of Urbano, Dunn, and Will Stewart, and for the first time really in in ages, and this has been so few and far between, we started to see the the scrum rumble forward a little bit. We started to get some some set piece dominance. I thought we started to to win win some of the collisions as well. Um, so I think yeah, the, the combination of starting to starting to get some some physical dominance, and I think Will Muir coming on and adding a bit of a bit of dynamism, and um, and and obviously getting on the end of that that kick from Matt Clark. It was good to see Benno Urbano come back on, and I think that front front row was was important in in the winning that game. Two key penalties in that second half, and. Yeah, Will Stewart going 80 minutes was was a testament to him and a, a testament to the quality we've got mm. on the bench, clearly. But yeah. do I want to see Ben Urbano on at the end of the season when his knee's still strapped? Oh, why is his knee still strapped? It's like really heavily as well. With two games left. Is that all that now? I think that'll be the case for, for when, whenever he came back, to be honest. I mean, obviously, this was his first proper kind of you know, um, his first proper taste of, of, of first team rugby, professional rugby. And they're always going to take precautions with that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think, I think, I think, that, I think that's very standard. I don't think that's indicative of him not quite being there, but like that, I think that would have been the case whenever, if, he, if he'd come back next season, I think they'd still do that as a precaution. Well, I don't like to see knees heavily strapped, but, but I thought they were, were impactful. I thought, Abana mm. in particular what, what had, had an impact on that game, particularly at scrum time. I, I don't want to kind of spin this too negatively, but I do think London Irish, London Irish tired, and and I thought they they started to make mistakes, which which allowed us to close that game out. And I think them having a game on Tuesday night, which went mm-hmm. hundred minutes, something like that. Yeah, hundred minutes. Hundred minutes was was really important actually at the end of this game, and and yeah, that that I think they put out pretty strong side in that game against Worcester. Obviously, the Premiership Cup Rugby Cup final, which they had on Tuesday night, and they put a strong side out. A lot, you know, a lot of guys in the sim in the same twenty threes, both in in the twenty threes, and yeah, I thought that that was pivotal. You know, so often we've been the team tiring and and, and looking jaded, but I thought that was London Irish actually, and and that that came in the form of of just drop balls and silly little mistakes and penalties, and all that allowed us to close the game out. I thought we were also able to play; it, that allowed us to play in the right areas, and I thought Ben Spencer's kicking game was was really important in that last ten minutes, combined with the scrummage dominance and and and. Yeah, I thought that that was the reason we were able to close it out. An impressive, an impressive, impressive win. But, but I did think that London Irish will be very, very disappointed about that defeat. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, the, only, the other thing I'd add, I thought the the combination and the the balance between Sam Underhill and Miles Reed in, in in the six and seven shirts. I thought I thought they looked very, very good together. And I think we started to win kind of the, the battle of the breakdown a little bit and started to win the referee's eye 
in that in that last kind of half an hour, 20 minutes. We had a couple of two or three, I think, kind of jackal turnovers. Miles Reed had three turnovers and was was a bit of a kind of nuisance around the breakdown. And Sam Underhill, on the other hand, an absolute battering ram, 18 tackles. I'm very confident that 18 of those would have been dominant tackles as well. Just a just a menace and a and an absolute beast at the moment. And I I really like that as a as a as a as a Frank comparing. And the other man in the number eight, in the in the back row in the number eight the try saving tackle in, in the bottom corner was was it was a good tackle and an important moment. And I, I thought that yeah, key moments like that went Bath's way and 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 allowed us to win. But I but I think London Irish will look back and and regret not taking those chances in the first half and also, you know, that little forward pass which ruled out one of their their tries in the second half. Yeah, I think that that we're lucky to win. I think there's been times that that we've been unlucky to lose and, and it's probably balanced mm. out a little bit on Saturday. But but I thought, yeah, our Irish were were pretty soft actually. Well we you know there's been loads of occasions when we've played all the rugby and and mm. not been clinical. And that's been the the, the story of watching this team over, over the last few seasons. So I'm not going to begrudge them when they, they get a win that's perhaps ugly and undeserved because I think on balance, we've, 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 we've been on the other side of that more often than not. Absolutely massive result and, in relegation as well. That's, what, that's the next thing I was going to say. Can you, imagine, can you imagine how big that, that would have felt? Jeez. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, we've spoken about this before, but I don't subscribe to the view that relegation would be kind of good for Bath. You know, some people think it would give us the kick up the arse that we need. I, I think there'd be much kind of more significant and far-reaching consequences of that, but um, not one to get into now. But yeah, there definitely feels like, I think there would feel like there was more of a victory in, in, in winning that game when there's kind of something more to play for other than pride. Um, and it's it's kind of the kind of the kind of damp squib at the bottom of a of a table in some ways when when there's no jeopardy and that's probably the reason that you're seeing other clubs not get the the attendances and support that the, the Bath are because they they don't have that heritage and there's also there's ultimately nothing to play for 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 a Worcester or or a Newcastle. For a- well, a win is a win, Tom, and some really nice scenes at the wreck at the end of the game obviously with the last home game of the season. Still one game to come in a couple of weeks against Worcester, which we will come on to at the end of the podcast. But Tom, let's come on to those guys who played their last game at the rec on Saturday. And and really nice to see Bath legend Samessa Rokodaguni do his lap of honour in front of a, a packed rec on Saturday. A man, Tom, who spent 10 seasons at Bath, 190 appearances, I think it is, 73 tries which is a a really good try scoring record I think this news is something we've been expecting for a little while I believe he's going to head to France at the end of the season but an incredible servant for Bath and and, and more than that an absolutely brilliant winger a legend and I think it's always always telling when you when you see the, the the outpouring of messages and appreciation for him as a as a player from all the all the guys past and present players at at, at Bath and he at, at times during that 10 seasons was just freakish on that on that right wing you know I've had a lot of fun watching some of the highlight reels and montages of him beating people in phone boxes or running over the top of them or just showing unbelievable the unbelievable physical attributes that, that he had 
And let's forget he was he was probably the most dangerous winger in the in the Premiership at his at his 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 very peak. And whilst possibly now he's 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 kind of drawing towards the end of end of his career, I think he still had you know a a, a very solid season and has, has has contributed and has been resilient through injury. And yeah, brilliant player. And hope he hope he goes and enjoys his time in France with his family and earns some earns some money as he as he as as he goes into time retirement. But yeah. Uh, a fitting, a fitting send off, and great to see so many stay around. And the chance of Oh Rocco de Guni just ringing, ringing round the, the the wreck must have been must 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 have been pretty special. Certainly, Tom, it looked like a fantastic atmosphere. A fitting way for him to go out of the wreck. A fitting way for, for him to go out of this podcast with you throwing him under the bus for his defence from from an earlier try. But but maybe we'll move on from from that. And I thought what 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 would be quite nice for for these guys leaving um, was maybe just to pick out uh, a standout moment from, from their time at Bath. And so many with Rocco Laguna, you're right. I've spent a good half an hour this evening just trawling through old videos of him scoring amazing tries for Bath because, yeah, he was on his, on his day just so fun to watch. And what, was, what stands out from you, Tom, when, when you look back on, on, an incredible, on an incredible decade at the wreck? Some unbelievable tries, some unbelievable finishes, some 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 huge hits as well. You wouldn't want to wouldn't want to run into him and uh, a solid defender. G, despite despite you you bring back that 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 earlier comment, I think the 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 one thing that stands out, I think watching, I remember watching very vividly watching this and being very very happy about it, was 2016 season um, October away at, at Exeter at, at Sandy Park and they're grinding out a traditional Exeter victory. I think it was 10-6 and we'd, we'd, we'd battled our way back from kind of our, our own 22 at George Ford pulling the strings and Rocco Daguni got the ball, basically standstill just inside the, the, the Exeter, the Exeter, Exeter uh, 10-metre line and he just from standstill accelerated through, handed off one guy, basically just ran through another guy and before you know it in a in a flash he was under the posts and had taken the game away from Exeter had won it for us as I say I think it was the 87th or 88th minute at that point and I think not only was it a very obviously great to be Exeter away and, and seal the rest of the game but I think it just showed what he can do from absolutely nothing and just as I say the physical attributes that that, that he has and just the ability to skin people and make them look very very average so yeah that that, that, I think that, that that stands out for me, but, but but so many there are so many. Certainly are so many, Tom. And yeah, he he's been an absolute, a, a fantastic player to watch and a, a fantastic player to yeah to to have in a bath shirt. And those moments where you kind of remember where you were, I remember very clearly where I was when that when he scored that extra try, and so many others a winning try. I know against Saracens, and also yeah. you know one of my one of the standout moments I remember from him, Tom, was actually, I don't know if you remember this, but at the first clash game at Twickenham, which we were at in, in the sun, and they kicked into the corner at an absolutely pivotal moment with the, with the game right in the balance. And I was watching the skill back. He kind of, on one, one, one leg, ballerina style, balances, reaches out, brings the ball back to prevent it going out from touch. The, the incredible skill and athletic ability to to do that from such a big guy that moment always kind of sticks in my memory and I was yeah watching that back this evening with with a lot of nostalgic thoughts about about what a great day that was and what a great moment that was 
yeah, he, just a freak, freakish athlete. I think uh, Tom Ellis, I think, put it pretty well. And he, he, just that sometimes just cheat mode was activated. Like when you're playing those old school, old school games and you can just put a cheat in and suddenly you, you win the game. He, he had the ability to, to, to enter cheat mode at times. And yeah, he, he, um, he certainly put a lot of smiles on, on face and, and probably inspired a lot of people to su- support the club. So yeah, uh, a Bath legend. Fan favourite as well and, and seemingly such a nice guy. Obviously remained serving mm. in the British Army throughout his time at, at Bath, Lance Corporal, Rocket Aguni. Will be absolutely missed in a Bath shirt. Yeah, one, thing, one final thing I realised is when he was being interviewed after the game and he'd done his lap of honour, which was which was a lo- lovely moment, kind of running running around and, and, and saying goodbye and thank you to all the fans there. Never really, well, I have, but you very, very rarely hear him interviewed and you very, very rarely hear him speak. And it was, I was almost kind of surprised to hear him giving these, you know, these two, three minute interviews because it's just so unusual that he does that. And I think that, 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 that in some ways probably sums him up, probably quite an understated, humble, you know, um, guy behind, behind the scenes and obviously very, very generous with his time and, and helping young players as they've all come out and said. But then when, 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 you know, when he's playing rugby and he's out there, he just is a, he's just a beast. So, um, yeah, kind of a nice, a nice kind of, um, yeah, nice kind of, nice kind of, nice paradox there almost. So he did his talking on the rugby pitch, didn't he? Semester yeah. And I think as great as he's been over the past decade, I, I do think that ultimately this is the the right time to, to move on from, from Rocco Laguni from, from both perspectives. Now, yeah. another guy, Tom, who, who will be leaving the club and, and absolutely we can debate whether this is the right time for, for Bath to be letting this guy out the door, whether whether we're letting him go or whether he's he's leaving off his own accord. But Anthony Watson leaving after nine years at the club. In comparison to Rocco Laguni, just 126 appearances, 50 appearances, over 50 appearances for England in that time and 32 mm-hmm. tries. So arguably the best player we've had at Bath over the course of the last nine seasons, but not always in a Bath shirt, clearly. Um, certainly over the last few seasons, plagued with either injury or, or England call-ups. But, but when he's played for Bath, and certainly in those early days, he was just absolutely outstanding. And yeah, personally, I'm absolutely gutted about this. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can understand the, the financial implications of, of, of handing a winger, a, a high, a highly paid contract in, 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 in the salary cap era and, and whether that is where we need to be spending our money when, as we go through this, this rebuild and do we need people that are going to be around a little bit more often than Anthony Watson. But logic, unfortunately, doesn't always come into... It, it, logic always isn't the most important thing in my mind when I'm, when I'm watching Bath and, and to, to see him leave, particularly seeing him go to, to Leicester Tigers... Is is a, is a real hammer blow in what's been a season of hammer blows. It's yeah, it's, it's gutting, and I I understand as you as you as you say the business decisions, salary cap reducing him, you know, him, him being away a lot of the time, and probably us not having got the the uh, you know, I want to call it return on investment. That's a pretty impersonal way of putting it, but I mean the numbers kind of speak for themselves in the last few seasons, and he's he's simply not been around enough, and it's it's, it's not his fault, and it's. It's part of the the nature of supporting a club and being club before country, as as we both are. That you, on the one hand, you want to retain these guys, you want to see them in a Bath shirt, you want to see them tearing up for Bath. And Anthony Watson would have hundred percent done that if he'd been around for Bath. There's no doubt about that. But on the other hand, you're pleased to see these guys grow and develop and and get 
England call-ups, England caps, England money, England touring experience, etc. British and Irish Lions tours. He's been on two tours. And that's 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 part of the, the difficulty, the, the the pulling both ways of, of your heartstrings when you're a when you're a Bath fan. But I think it's it's just been an absolute pleasure watching him come in as a as a very young kid from from London Irish at 19 or whatever it was and tearing it up, owning that 15 shirt from from Nick Appendon of all people. And then some of the moments again that that he has produced in a Bath shirt are just phenomenal. And yeah, it's been 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 uh, yeah, it's been. I've genuinely loved seeing him in a bath shirt. He's been one of the reasons that I've um, I've I've stuck so closely with the club and supported them so fiercely. Is because how much I I like and respect him as a player. So yeah, it's going to be gutting and seeing him play for Tigers is going to be horrible. Let's just hope that he he kind of he's well, again you don't want to see him injured but let's just hope that he he goes on every single England tour is involved in every single training camp and plays for them as as little as possible because certainly seeing him score a try for Leicester against Bath will be will be be, be very tough to take but that's that's professional sport and kind of pleased to see him get what I'm expecting I'd expect kind of a very good deal with them yeah just so so disappointed about this one I I love Anthony Watson. So many great moments, Tom. Uh, but the one that, that stands out for me was was when he was absolutely in his prime and, and coming through and turning into one of the best wingers in the world. And that was actually a game which was seven years ago today, I noticed on social media, which was the yep. Leicester Tigers semi-final, uh, 47-10 victory, arguably the greatest day of my life. And... Anthony Watson, who scored the last try on that day, and and he was fabulous all season, fabulous all all, all afternoon. But yeah, to, he took, he made a break, kind of got tripped, um, yeah, stood up in that in the twenty two, and then just accelerated away from Leicester. Unfortunately, he's accelerating out of Bath to Leicester on this occasion. But but yeah, that was a a fabulous moment and one that yeah I will generally remember for for a very long time. It was just just so such a fun day at the Rec that and. That was just the moment which capped it all off. Uh, yeah, I mean, have you seen the when they the the version of that clip where they they kind of like superimpose kind of like a flame kind of turbo like you'd see come out of the back of a car in sort of a cartoon or whatever, um, kind of behind him when he gets up and he just speeds away and makes everyone else look look like they're in treacle. Um, unbelievable try. I mean, there's been so many. You mentioned the, that first clash, which was a glorious win again against. Again, against the great enemy Leicester, and, and I think fitting that we're we're picking tries against them. But then, it, and it was the the kind of final try when when Bat Banahan kind of the lovely little offload around the back, and he he just streaks away down that left wing with that that clash shirt on with the the, the gold uh, writing on the on the chest, and in the sun he 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 scores under the posts, and yeah, that was that was that, that was certainly a, a day a day for celebration, but. Just a just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant player, and hope he gets himself back fit and and raring to go. And we see we see many more, many more moments like that from him. And the nice thing about it as well, G, is that we can still we can still support him in an England shirt. We can still support him in a Lions shirt, and he'll always he'll always be a Bath player to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, so frustrating, Tom. So frustrating to see him leave, but but that is the way it is. Two more guys leaving Bath Rugby. Um, at the end of the season as we get an idea now Tom I think of the, the makeup of the squad and we'll obviously go into it in a lot more detail over over the summer when we, when we have a real clear clear picture but but two guys with um, with a bit less experience at the club um, 
Ollie Fox and uh, Jacques de Toit. Tom, Ollie Fox, please, your your top moment of his 19 appearances at the club. I think, you know, for Ollie Fox, I know, I know you've been you've been critical in the past. I think he he was possibly thrown in the deep end a little bit when he when he when he wasn't he wasn't quite ready. He's still he's still a very young guy. He's going going back into the into the championship to play Freeling where hopefully the expectation is he'll get some proper proper kind of he'll be a proper starter and get some proper rugby experience. I think he's 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 possibly struggled at times with with some of the fundamentals of his game. I think it's it's been a surprise to us, probably Jay, that Max Green um, you know, he or well, he seems to be preferred kind of above above Max Green. But um again, I think I think as as with Rocco Laguni, I think it's it's the both both right decision for for, for for probably both parties and particularly with Lewis Schroeder. Schroeder, Schroeder. Screwed. Uh, Screwed. Coming in, who's obviously got South African experience and has has been a starter in the in the Premiership. I think, um, yeah, I think I think I think correct call. And Jack Detroit as well, leaving data. To what hospital passes? Data birds at the right. Stretch. That we saw. We saw a few ninety birds. Stretch it, please. Oh, you horrible bloke. Those guys won't. All be. I'll say is G. All I'll say is G. I saw you play in the nine shirt a few a few months ago, and uh, I think well, as the expression goes, those in those in glass houses, and you are in, certainly in a glass palace as far as that's concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's very fair. Tom, those those guys won't be part of the um, the Van Gran revival, which we're going to see next season. One guy who I believe and I hope will be. At the epicentre of it is is the young lock back row forward, Ewan Richards, who this week has signed a new deal, Tom. One of the, the main positives, I think, from this season, along with a few of the other younger guys, and he's actually been rewarded as, as we try and move this podcast along with an England call-up to the England camp, along with six other Bath players, remarkably six, six other Bath players. Tom, before we get into that, what a little comment from you on, on Ewan Richards. Yeah, I think brilliant. Like one of the one of the real success stories, one of the green shoots of this season, and let's be honest, that's been one of the one of the few positives to to take from from this season. And you know, when you kind of look at the fact that guys like Rocker Dagoony, Watson are, are are departing, and we'll probably see other kind of you know long standing guys go as well. And then you 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 see at the same time these guys coming through and starting to get England call ups. Orlando Bailey being being another guy. Josh Bayless obviously now getting international honours. You kind of see that kind of the guard is changing. It's uh, the end of the old era and, and the start of the new. Obviously, significant changes at, at, at coaching level as well. So yeah, really pleased that he's got his call up. I think he deserves it. He was he was named Breakthrough Player of the Year at the end of season awards ceremony for for Bath Rugby, which was straight after the Gloucester. Gloucester game and they they kept that fairly quiet, which I think was was the correct decision from them. But he he, he deserves that and he's made the most as as have other guys, Bailey and Ajomo, of guys getting injured and him being thrown in a second row, being thrown in a blindside flanker. And I think as he as he builds out, he could he could be a really really useful second row. And please, Eddie Jones wants to take an initial sighter at him, but don't hold on to him for too long because we want him back. Nice little chat with his dad, didn't you, on socials, I saw. Yeah, his dad's his dad's quite quite active on, on social media and I think has just been, you know, as you would be very proud of the way that he's he's just cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. That was not 
It's nice. To We're falling apart here. It was, it's late. Um, yeah, it was like, nice to see him. Him, in proud of his son, he should be. <laughs> Absolutely, Tom, and, and and six other proud dads. I'm sure of the other Bath players who have been called up oh, to name them. Yeah, can I, and just before we go into that, how many how many proud dads would there be at Gloucester? <laughs> Probably 23 after a couple of Saturdays ago. <laughs> well, but zero Gloucester players in that England 36, 38 man squad, whatever it is. Six. That's insane. How many from Exeter? None. I told you before the podcast. Zero from Exeter. And how many from Bristol? Zero. One in um, Harry Randall. So... We are we are representing the the southwest, and I was on the uh, the supporters call. I think Stuart Hooper made made the point, made an interesting point, which is um, so you, you tend to remember that he he said that in the Eddie Jones era, Bath were the team that have contributed the most players to to England squads. He's um, and obviously, sorry, he's telling on himself there, Stuart Hooper, because we've got great players, and it's his incompetence and the rest of the guys' incompetence, which means we can't get the best out of them. Don't yeah, no, it doesn't reflect too well, does it? No. it? I guess it shows that we've we've been missing those guys, and you know, um, we've been ham- we've been hampered by that by that to a degree, and also shows the academy's working, etc. But yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Bailey, I think Bailey's Doc and Seager, Yule, Stewart, Underhill, Watson are the names. So those yeah. five, along with Richards, who's been called out, all played against Gloucester. Like, there's not been Stewart didn't play, did he? I don't think. Will Stewart didn't play. Anthony, Anthony Watson. Anthony Watson didn't play. Orlando Bailey was on the bench for that game. Cipriani started. Um, so actually, only three of them played, and three of them played. And Sam Underhill was an absolute beast in that game. So you can, you can, you, you can, you can. Like, I mean, he 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 certainly deserves to be in, and he he was a machine in that game, and he outplayed his opposite number in. Lewis Ludlow. So I don't, I don't think there's any complaints there. I think Thocken Asiga looks to be a bit more of a kind of forward-looking thing. Obviously, Eddie Jones likes what he's seen in the past. I think his comeback's been pretty good, but I think yeah, at times he's looked really kind of slow and, and and not as dynamic as we're used to seeing. Charlie Yules, I think he he's pretty lucky to be involved, to be honest, um, given what happened in the Six Nations. And given his form, I think I'd have preferred to see him um, probably get some more time in this club. I think that would be would have been better for him. But Eddie Jones clearly likes him. So diplomatic to the end, mate. No one's listening anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, bizarre that that, that that we've managed to get six now seven players and and yeah. But but I think yeah, it shows that there's there's something to work with there for for Van Gran and the guys. And yeah, and the census as well, I think that what is it, eight or ten senior players have been rested because this squad is for, to be clear, this squad is for the, the training camp, which is, I think, took place, started on Sunday to Wednesday this week. Right. And then this this game is for the Barbar this squad is for the Barbarians game, which obviously isn't an actual proper cap, as Elliot Stoop found out. And then those players will be recalled for the Australia series the away Australia series in end of June July so it might be likely that some of the guys drop out when those those kind of more experienced and rested players come back in absolutely but still a reflection on on what is a strong squad still at Bath which which does make it all the more frustrating and yeah I'm not sure if there's many Worcester players in the squad Tom but Bath will be heading to six ways in a couple of weeks time 
to play Worcester in in what um, was dubbed on social media as the Wooden Spoon Battle. Bath currently three points ahead of Worcester Warriors in the table. Bath on 33 points, Worcester on 30 with one game to play. So ultimately it all does come down to this. There's the opportunity with bonus points that Bath can lose and not come bottom. But but I think that seems unlikely at this point. So yeah, a, a big game, I guess you could call it. Um, and Bath do have the, the option or the ability to go into 11th place with a win and, and a Newcastle Falcons defeat which looks likely against Northampton Saints. So, Tom, very briefly on this game, it's an interesting one to finish on, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it's something to, something to play for, I guess, with a kind of straight shootout with our, our, our near, well, our, not our nearest, but um, our, who have been our rivals this season, obviously beat them in what was a dire affair in our first win of the season after that that, that terrible run of, of 12 or 13 or whatever it was, that was a terrible game and both both sides that really off the pace. We then got 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 it well, kind of, well, we then, then lost to them, sorry, in the Premiership Rugby Cup and all came in and played in awful conditions, which I was, I made the, made, made the trip down for. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they haven't won since March in the Premiership and in that time, they have been shipping some very heavy points uh, deficits and 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 um, that you know you, you think that we've conceded tries our points difference stands at minus two hundred eighty six they're at minus three hundred seventy nine which almost seems unbelievable in twenty three games and when we've got it handed to us on so many occasions so yeah we won't be losing to them on points difference unless it unless it really is really <laughs> is a dire straits at the at the at the at six ways but but yeah three points and. You'd like to think if we get the, the the losing bonus point, at least we'll 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 do the job. Obviously, unless they get the four tries, but I think we should be be more ambitious. We should be backing ourselves to to get the win. And I think if we can we can scrape up into eleventh place, then it's not you know it's it's um it's still been a disaster. But at least at least we've not been bottom. Watson, it'd be very nice from there to see Anthony Watson get one last run out, maybe a try for for Bath in in a couple of weeks' time. And maybe maybe one for for Rocco Nagu- on on the other wing. Um, Tom, thank you very much for joining me again. Thank you for listening. As I as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, you can find us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug. Thank you as always for the interaction and and the support of the podcast on there. And please do, as I say, get in touch with me with clip and and commentary ideas for. Um, for the new intro, which I'm going to have to roll out over the summer. He's bleeding. He's, he's, he's physically bleeding. You can't see him on Zoom, but he's on his knees, cap in hand. Oh, please, please help me out. I do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, not the first. Yeah, that sounds like Stuart Hooper. But yeah, please help me. I need some support. But maybe one from this season or maybe from, from previous seasons. But yeah, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. One game to go. Um, let's get behind the boys and stick behind them through thick and thin. <laughs>